The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable, and today I'm writing solo because my co-host has ghosted me and I haven't heard out of her for days. Hopefully she's okay. And today I will be updating you on previous episodes because my goodness do things change as time goes on. Before we get started, though, I'd like to tell all of you that we are available on all kinds of podcasting applications, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we're pretty much on it. And I'm excited to announce that I think finally Spotify has accepted us. This, as of the time of recording, has not been confirmed by me, but I have faith that we will be on that service shortly. So if you've been holding out listening because you don't like, I don't know, Apple Podcasts or any of the others... Now you should hopefully be able to listen to us on Spotify. Also, check out our playlist, Two Millennials One Playlist, that is hosted on Spotify. And we still have a bunch of Two Millennials One Podcast t-shirts. If you're interested in one, hit us up. We may just give you one. As I stated previously, we are updating, and by we, I mean I am updating some previously aired episodes. As we are now 46 weeks into this podcast, some of the older episodes, new information has come forward, or things have changed slightly, or progressed, or worsened, and I I think it'd be worthwhile to discuss. The first episode that I would like to bring back and talk about was all the way back in week six, which would have been in February of 2018. Here we are in December. And if you recall, if you've listened to our episodes, episode six was about religion. To this day, this is the most talked about episode, and if Abby were here, she would agree with me. People are inflamed, angry, saddened about episode six and what we had to say about religion. From one standpoint, they were very unhappy with my opinions on religion, as I'm a godless heathen. And on the other hand, a lot of people were unhappy with Abby's performance because she's such a liberal Christian. So what has happened is a lot of true defenders of the Christian religion have come forward and have either taken me to task, shaken their head at me like tisk, or asked to be on a future episode. So in order to honor that and as well keep my skills sharp in the denial area, there will be a future episode probably within the next couple weeks entitled Religion 2 where I'm going to get some true defenders of the faith. No offense, Abby. I think you did fine, but apparently other people don't. And they're going to answer the tough questions about religion and try to take me to task, I believe. So be looking forward to that if you are interested in those discussions. I'm very excited for it. It's yet to be recorded, but I have some people that are lined up that would like to come speak on the matter. And like I said, I'm excited. It should be a good time to reprise some of those arguments. And it'll be interesting to see from Abby's and I's perspective perspective of whether we've changed in the 10 months since we recorded that episode. Another episode I'd like to update was episode 22, which was about suicide. And I remember at that point, we decided to record that episode because there were a rash of suicides right around that time. The lead singer of Linkin Park, Anthony Bourdain, a lot of them around that time had killed themselves and some studies were released around that time as well, showing just the increase in suicide rates in our country. And we thought it was a good time to talk about that. 
a few weeks before episode 22, we had talked about mental health and how millennial mental health is really poor. We discussed at the time whether it was too soon to do a suicide episode. Was there too much overlap? And I'm actually glad that we did that in retrospect because A, it was different enough, and B, this has become a huge issue, not only in the millennial generation, but in humans across the board. Unfortunately, this is not something that is getting better, and this is why I wanted to talk about this. The CDC released another study within the last couple of days about basically the year 2017, now that they're able to step back and look at it as a whole. And what they reported was that there were 47,000 suicides in 2017, which was up 2,000 from 2016. So an additional 2,000 suicides in a year's time. And I obviously don't have this information yet because we're still in 2018, but I bet when we get to 2019 and look back that that number will have grown even more. In fact, NPR reported based on on the study that the life expectancy has ticked down in the United States. It ticked down a small amount, about 0.1 of a year. But I mean, that's significant. We, for decades, have always talked about how humans have been living longer and longer and longer. Well, the U.S. life expectancy is now down a little bit again, and it's largely due to suicide, which is unfortunate. And again, suicide, just like we talked about in that previous episode, that also includes drug overdoses. So kind of a disturbing point, the fact that this is continuing the fact that it hasn't gotten better since we recorded that previous episode and that human lives as a whole, as an average, don't last as long because so many people are taking their own life. This, I think, slowly is becoming a topic in politics within the last few months or so, this idea of the mental health crisis and the drug crisis and the opioids. I think it will take a long time before these are actually addressed, but the conversations are there. So we have, I believe, made a bit of progress in the right direction but clearly the results still haven't been influenced or in fact still going the opposite direction. Along with that, just personally, and this is where I start seeing it in my life, since the time we recorded that episode, I've had two individuals I went to high school with, friends of mine that have killed themselves in that time. And I mean, these are just typical millennials that, I mean, there are a variety of things that happened, got into drugs in some instances or got economically in bad shape, didn't go to college or, I mean, a variety variety of issues. And yeah, two of them have taken their own lives. And it's a bummer. It's to the point where I can't keep a list in my head of all of the people I know that have killed themselves. And it's, it's depressing. Not that that's a list that anyone should have or want to have, but I feel like that number should be small enough where I could list them, but I can't. There are so many people I know that I've taught, that I've went to school with, that are members of my family or distantly related that have committed suicide. And that's such a sad thing. It's unfortunate. That's become such a big part of our society, and I hope that we can take steps to reduce that because, as we talked about in that episode, living is really cool, and there are a lot of awesome things that are out there to experience, and more people need to see that and be able to experience that and shouldn't be killing themselves at such young ages. As always, and this is just as good a time as any, if you are having suicidal thoughts, talk to somebody. There are all kinds of helplines and online resources and people in your life that want to get you help. So don't become another statistic. Another 
episode worth updating was episode 28, which also got a bit of feedback. Episode 28, to remind you, was entitled Democrats, and that's when we had Shade Shorten, the president of the Young Democrats of Missouri, appear. That got feedback and some critiques because she's a Democrat. And obviously, I'm operating this podcast in a very, very Republican area of the country, and people didn't like hearing what she had to say. But at the same time, there were also people that listened to that and were very excited about someone young and passionate about politics and wanting to help the area. So kind of went both ways on that. The reason I want to update that is because I asked Shade at the time whether she felt that there was going to be a blue wave in the 2018 midterm election. And her big thing was no idea. We have to go out there and vote. If we don't vote, we can't assume that this is going to happen. We have to go out and make it happen. For the most part, I would say that the blue wave happened. Now, in Missouri, this is going to be very skewed. If you're listening to this from the comfort of this show me state, you're going to be like, what blue wave, LOL, because Republicans pretty much won every office. But overall, in the House of Representatives across the country, the Democrats' net gain was, I believe, definitively 39 seats, and then there's still a 40th one being counted. So that's significant. The Democrats were able to gain 40 seats in the House of Representatives, which obviously means that they will take control in January. Kind of a big deal. That's the most since the 70s during the Watergate scandal. So you can think about that however you want, but I mean, that's a significant gain. I've heard the phrase tsunami tossed out, whereas Republicans will immediately come back and say, well, no, the Democrats lost two Senate seats, so clearly it wasn't a wave. And that's true. The Republicans gained seats in the Senate. They have 53 now after the special election in Mississippi. But the whole deal going into that, I'm pretty sure everyone realized that the Senate was going to stay red. I'm not trying to make excuses about this. Again, I'm not a Democrat whatsoever. But the map was really hard for Democrats in the Senate. They would have had to keep Missouri Senate seat, which Claire McCaskill lost to Josh Hawley. They would have had to keep North Dakota and then a couple of others. They would have had to have an upset, maybe Beto O'Rourke in Texas. And that just didn't happen. They didn't expect it to happen. But they are excited as a political party. I hear this all the time for the 2020 election where the Senate map looks a lot better. So it's conceivable, especially if Trump stays as unpopular as he is, that the Democrats may take the Senate in 2020 to go along with their majority if they can maintain it in the House of Representatives. Representatives. You can argue whether it was a blue wave or not, but I think Shade's probably pretty happy with the outcome based on what she said in that episode as a young Democrat. Other things that go into this idea that the blue wave did occur is the Democrats gained six governorships across the country, which if you look at the differential right now, Republicans have the vast majority of governorships, but the fact that the Democrats were able to gain six when Republicans pretty much had three quarters of them to begin with, again, that's showing a shift towards Democratic ideals, which happens. I mean, if you've looked at the political history of this country, it goes back and forth. When Republicans get in power for a while, people swing to the left. Democrats get in power and they swing back to the right. So this happens. It's not crazy, not different, not weird, but the swing towards Democrats seems pretty significant. Something else that happened was the vote differential, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to apply to specific politics, but it makes sense why people bring this up. What the vote differential would be would be the number of people at the midterm elections that casted votes for Democrats and the number of people that cast votes for Republican candidates and the difference between those two. And nationally, 9 million more people voted for Democratic candidates. Now, is that a clean translation to the 2020 election? Probably not. But if you are a Democrat, that gets you excited. If you can translate
translate this level of excitement for Democratic candidates to the 2020 presidential Democratic candidate, then that's a pretty good sign. Like I said, that's not a clean translation. Who knows if Trump will get the nomination for the Republicans? Who knows if he can generate the same level of excitement and turnout? A lot of variables. And that's, again, assuming that the Democrats can pull that same amount of votes for them. Lots of what ifs. But on the surface, on paper, if I were a Republican strategist, I would be slightly worried heading into the 2020 election. If I were a Democrat, I would be cautiously optimistic. It looks like we're moving in that direction. Again, nothing's a sure thing. People have to turn out to vote. Also, that being said, if there's a Republican out there that still hasn't talked to me, that wants to appear on the episode and isn't afraid, please contact me. I hate having a Democrats with Shade Shorten episode and not a Republicans with blank episode to balance that out. I'm all about giving both sides of this argument because I don't live on either side and I think that's only fair. I do not want anyone listening to this to think I am a Democratic apologist. I am not. I will gladly have a Republican on here and give them a chance to speak. Don't be afraid. I will not roast you too hard. What I will roast is Donald Trump. What an idiot. Let's update episode 39 and see what kind of shenanigans that moron has gotten into. Recently, the emoluments lawsuit against Donald Trump, which is the constitutional requirement that a president doesn't profit off the presidency, that has moved forward in court, which if that goes anywhere, that's big trouble for Donald Trump. And he is clearly profiting off of the presidency. You may be like, how is that? He has to have Secret Service stay in Trump properties. Guess who pays for that? The government pays for that. Guess who pays for the government? Taxpayers. So he's utilizing tax money essentially for his protection, which makes sense, but the money is going back to him. That's a problem. Also, foreign deals that are still operating, people coming into this country to meet with the president, staying in Trump properties, sketchy business. There is a case to be made that he is abusing his power and violating the constitution, which is a no-no. That's probably the lowest thing on his worry list right now, but if that goes through, that's going to spell trouble for old Trump Stiltskin. Other things. He didn't visit the World War One cemetery during Veterans Day over in France because it was raining, and his excuse was that he, quote-unquote, had calls to make. Very shameful. He took a lot of heat for this. Saw other world leaders out there in the rain with their umbrellas paying respects to those who had fallen in World War II. And the U.S. president couldn't stand out there. You had clips of Obama being blasted across the news of him out there with an umbrella during his presidency. It wasn't a good move. I think Abby would agree with me if she were here. And hopefully everyone does. Even if you are a Trump loyalist, that was not a good move. You should be paying respects to those that have died for your freedom, especially on the 100th anniversary of World War One, Very shameful. Other news that is in the Trump orbit, he forced Jeff Sessions to resign, who was the attorney general that had recused himself from the Russia investigation, and he appointed Matthew Whitaker to cover for him, who basically has gone on record saying how he would choke off the Russian investigation. So that was a big hoopla. Also, Whitaker has not been Senate approved or confirmed. And with the last couple of days, he has nominated someone formally for the attorney general. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he served as George H.W. Bush's attorney general back in the 90s. So dug that guy up from somewhere. Apparently, this fellow who he appointed or nominated rather is a big proponent of executive privilege and executive rights. So that's, of course, music to Trump's ears. He wants someone that's going to protect his decisions in the office that maybe skirt the checks and balances of the U.S. government. So we'll see how that turns out. 
And in the big, big news, his personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, flipped on him in order to secure a deal in the Mueller investigation. And that was not a good guy in Trump's orbit to flip. That was his personal lawyer. He orchestrated the payments to Stormy Daniels and the McDougal lady, can't think of her first name, which is a campaign finance violation, which is just sketchy to begin with. You're paying off porn stars to keep your secrets and Playboy models. That sentencing document came down not only for Michael Cohen, but for Paul Manafort and Michael Flynn. And this is kind of getting in the weeds, but Trump's in trouble. And you can deny this all you want, but he is listed as individual one in these reports. And especially in the Michael Cohen document talked about how individual one, aka Donald Trump, convinced or ordered Michael Cohen to make these sketchy payments. And that is a problem. That's committing a crime, essentially. It's a felony. I mean, they're already talking about impeachment. Will that actually happen with a Republican Senate? I don't know, but that's definitely being talked about currently. He's in trouble. And immediately, of course, he tweets, the report cleared me, thanks, exclamation point, which is so off base. All they could talk about, the Trump supporters, was there's nothing about Russian collusion in those reports. Well, a lot of it was redacted, and that's such a whataboutism, uh, blatant crimes, but hey, there was no collusion, so it's all good. That's not how things work. If a president committed a felony, that's a problem, be it collusion with the Russians or paying off porn stars. I frankly don't care. Need to get them out of office. And if you want to go, what about Clinton? What about Bill Clinton? What about whoever? I don't care. That is in the past. It's whatever. It was bad then. Great, super duper. But this is a Trump thing right now and he's in trouble. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. He needs to go. I don't care if it's through impeachment. I don't care if it's through getting voted out in 2020. I don't care if it's a Republican challenge in the Republican primary for the 2020 election. He he needs to go terrible U.S. president will probably go down as one of the worst. And if you disagree with that, please come on this podcast. I would like to have a whole episode on someone trying to convince me that Donald Trump is not a terrible, terrible president. All right, done ranting on Donald Trump. The last episode I would like to update just for fun is episode 40, which if you recall, was our Halloween episode entitled Ouija, where Abby, myself, and her friend Rachel got out the Ouija board. We got the mirrors out. We dimmed the lights and we tried to contact a demon or a spirit or a ghost. And for the most part, the update on that is nothing has happened. Surprise, surprise. I will say I pulled the Ouija board out the other day and... I don't know how this happened. I'm not chalking this up to anything supernatural, but something has scratched the bejesus out of the top of the box. There are clear, I don't even want to say claw marks, but there are scrapes across the top of the box. Now, again, I don't believe in anything supernatural. So what probably happened was someone's messing with me. Maybe it was like that when it came in through the shipment. I don't know what happened to it, but if I was easily convinced or gullible, I would be like, oh goodness, we summoned a demon and he scratched my Ouija board, but I don't think that has happened. Another thing, the other night, my significant other, she has a, or had rather, a glass, like a mason jar full of marbles and like a decorative thing. And it was sitting on her dresser. And apparently she was playing on her phone, about to go to bed, and the glass came crashing to the ground and it shattered. I mean, that's kind of odd. Why would it be sitting on the dresser and all of a sudden it just falls off the dresser and shatters? Was it a ghost? Was it a demon that I conjured? Is my house haunted? I think the answer to all that is no. I can't explain why it fell off, but I don't think it's anything supernatural. But maybe, maybe there is a demon. Maybe we open the gates of hell. Who knows?
That's all I have for you today, folks. This is a short episode overall, but that's okay. Just wanted to give you a little update on where things were at. I hope you tune in to future episodes. I think the next two are going to be really awesome. Like I said, we got a religion episode coming up, and I won't tell you the content of the other episode, but I have a big special guest coming on, so get stoked for that. Also, we're coming up on our year anniversary in January. We're going to have a big celebration then that you'll get to hear, and we're going to invite all of our former guests back and see if we can just have one awesome pod. And then after that year anniversary, this podcast is going to transition. And I have no announcement of that now, but if you are a consistent listener, tune in the next few weeks so you can learn about where this thing is headed. So the song pick of the week, I'm going to go with something a little more upbeat than usual. I'm going to suggest You Are Not a Robot by Hoodie Allen, a song in which he samples Marina and the Diamonds. And it is a absolute bop. Check it out on the Spotify playlist or just on YouTube or wherever you get your tunes at. It's a great song. Other than that, I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for listening to a solo episode of Two Millennials, One Podcast. As I said before, we'll be back next week with something heavy. Check us out then. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome week. Bye. Bye.